You are listening to A Scary State, and this week, we're covering Maryland. So, Lauren? Yes, Nora? Let's get scary. So, guys, we have a really exciting guest on today's episode. Oh, my God. Um, I'm interviewing an inmate. Just kidding. (laughs) Lauren is wearing a gray (laughs) crew neck with gray, huge sweatpants. These are my comfy clothes. <laughs> so I wear comfy clothes and Nora comes like an all cute from work and then here I am. <laughs> okay, speaking of work, so at the end of my work day, I had to stop by the um, post office like to drop off some stuff for work. So I'm in there for a little. I go back out to my car. I sit in my car for a second, like putting in the GPS to your house. I'm si- So I'm sitting in my car and all of a sudden, this something just like comes up at the side of me, like quickly walks up towards my car. Were your doors locked? No, because I had just gotten in the car. Yeah. And literally, I my soul left my body. Yeah. I thought I was getting attacked or like someone was coming up to like yell at me or something. Mm-hmm. And I look up and it's this girl my age and she just starts laughing and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what the heck is going on? She thought that it was her car. Oh, no. And then she like literally runs away, like kind of laughing. And then I start laughing because it's just like, it was so scary for me and oh so gosh. mortifying for yes. her. that She literally like had her hand on my doorknob. Oh my gosh. Or on my handle, whatever. So she gets in her car. It was the same make and model, but it was, it was, a silver car my car's oh, not silver yeah, so i was like not. okay girl like pay attention but <laughs> yeah it was scary but yeah that's terrifying <laughs> yeah it was and then something else terrifying happened that i wanted to tell you for so long yes okay it only happened like a week ago but i've seen you a few times actually in I that know. week which never happens but um so i was chatting with my neighbor and um we both have dogs so like we'll see each other on walks which is nice and yeah. um she starts telling me about not our previous owners but the owners before mm-hmm. so it was a single guy who moved into the house back he was the original owner so mm-hmm. um he moved into the house and had two daughters and he was a runner like super nice she said he was like a super super great guy like a pillar of the community yes, if you will yes like a great neighbor so She said that he was, like, healthy and just, like, you know, out and about. And then he passed away in our house (gasps) from a heart attack. Oh, no. In our bedroom. (gasps) When? Like, in 2010 or 2009. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's been, like, you know, 12 years in a different family. Oh, my God. But I'm like, I mean – I don't think that it's it would be haunted because if he's a really good person, like I feel like that's I I know that sounds selfish because it's sad that he died in our house, but also like yeah. um hello why were we never told this when we were buying the house? Well, Virginia I think is one of those states that doesn't have to tell you, but I think it's also a thing, isn't it? If you ask, they have to tell you if someone died in your it's house. It's just like who thinks to ask that? I thought that they would just I tell would you think to ask that. <laughs> I it's <laughs> when you when you are negotiating an offer, it's like okay. you're asking okay. like when was the HVAC updated? Like True. I know I should have thought of that given our podcast and everything, <laughs> but it just wasn't on my oh mind. My I thought that it would be like somewhere in the details or, or our real estate agent would tell us or something. I think there's also a website. It's something like whodiedinmyhouse.com or something like that. <sighs> and you can look it up. But I don't think it always has all that information. I think you might have mentioned it before. Oh, my God, Nora. I know. Has so, anything like weird happened in your house? No. 
I mean, Ellie will bark at random things, but I think that's just because she's a little special, not because there's a ghost. <laughs> and because dogs, I don't know what it is about them. They just like to do things that terrify you. I know. But yeah, so I was honestly alarmed when she told me that. And oh my, my first gosh. question when she told me that he passed away in the house, I was like, was he murdered? And she said no. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, that would have she been my first question. She said it was question. a heart attack. And I was like, literally, if if someone was murdered in this house, I would cause the biggest uproar ever yeah. that that was never disclosed. Well, because if you watched Murder House, um, American Horror Story Murder House, it's the first season, mm-hmm. they live in the murder house so where yeah. people have died and people would reenact those murders. So they would come back to the house and kill the people who live there. <sighs> and that's like one of the plots. Like, I'm not giving anything away. But that's something I would be terrified yeah. about. I'm not messing with that. And then... When I was in elementary school, there was a family who lived by me. Actually, I was, like, in high school when this happened, I think. But um, it was, like, right by me. And I knew of the kids. Like, they were Mm -hmm. different grades than me. But um, the dad, like, murdered the kids and wife. Oh, my God. And then they put the house up for sale, like, after the investigation. And someone bought it. Oh, my God. And, like, everyone knew that it happened. See, I wouldn't want to live in a house. I could never. I wouldn't. I could never. I wouldn't be able to. Because you just think about, like, houses – I, at least in my opinion, houses hold energy. Yeah. And they have like a certain energy to them. That's why sometimes if a house has like a dark past, you can feel it when you walk into it. Yes. Yeah. My yeah. grandma used to be a realtor and she was touring this one house and she had the couple with her and she got the key and she went into the house and she walked in and she said she just had this wave of like something bad is here. And she turned to the couple and she said, I can't show you this house right now. I'm probably not going to show it to you. I can get someone else to show it if you want to, but I don't feel good here. And so they felt the same way. So she just never showed the wow, house. Wow, they felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like said, it was risky for her because they could have been like, what, that's your job. But yeah. if they felt it too, that's when you know. She said it just was like a wave of darkness that just washed over her. And she's like, I'm not going into this house. That is insane. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah, but yeah, houses really hold things. But so hopefully if he was like a really good guy – then your house has like and it was like natural know? causes. Yeah, well, it was a heart attack a natural cause. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully he wasn't in any pain. Yeah, I hope not. I, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. I just can't. That's wild. That. You never think about like that. I know. But I want to know, like, if anyone listening knows a, a <clears throat> real estate agent or is one and you know about the laws. In Virginia. Yeah, in Virginia. Let us know. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Anywho. That's wild. Yeah. Well, we do have a couple or at least one true crime update as well. Hmm. So it's been out in the news. A lot of people have probably heard about it. Um, So more than two years ago in July of 2019, four-year-old Paisley Schultes went missing in Chayuga Heights, New York. Don't know how to pronounce that. Hmm. Um, It was believed at the time that she was taken by her non-custodial parents who were her biological parents. So they didn't have custody of her. Right. Their names are Kimberly Cooper, and Kirk Schultes Jr. So it is believed they had kidnapped her after they lost custody of her and her sister. The reason for their loss of custody isn't clear. Well, as of Monday, February 14th, so literally like four or three days ago as we're recording, she was Mm -hmm. found two years after she went missing. So police had received a tip about Paisley's whereabouts, and they ended up searching a residence in Sigurdi's. Socrates, uh, which is 45 miles from Albany. After an hour of searching, officers found her in a makeshift room, which was under the stairs leading to the basement. Mm. So Detective Eric Phil is the one who made the discovery. He said that he noted that something appeared odd about that particular staircase during their search, and after flashing a light between the steps, he saw a blanket. So the officers used a Halligan tool, which they used to remove several stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, This is when they noticed a pair of tiny feet 
so Paisley and her abductors were found inside the small, cold, and wet makeshift room. The house she was found in was her biological grandfather's. Every time the police came to search the house in the over two years that she was missing, Paisley and her mother would hide in the staircase to keep away from the cops. Her biological parents, Kimberly Cooper and Kirk Schultes Jr. and biological grandfather, Kirk Schultes Sr., were all arrested and charged with Paisley's disappearance. Mm. Both Kirk Schultes Jr. and Sr. were charged with one count each of felony of custodial interference in the first degree and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child. Kimberly Cooper was charged with custodial interference in the second degree and misdemeanor endangering the welfare of a child. So police chief Joseph Sinagra described the room to CBS New York as, quote, on the wall, it said Paisley. There were clothing items there. It appeared that someone had been sleeping in the bed and somebody had been using the bedroom. And of course, the father and grandfather said no, they had not set that room up like that so that if Paisley was ever found, she had a place to come back to. But it's a used bedroom and they're trying to say that it was just set up yeah, for her. Yeah, just in case she was going to be there one day. Oh my gosh. So thankfully, Paisley, who is now six, was found in good health, but it is presumed that she wasn't receiving the proper, proper medical attention that she needed because obviously the family couldn't take her to the doctor because she she was a missing person. Um, Paisley was rescued and returned to a le- to her legal guardian, whose I didn't. <laughs> Paisley was rescued and returned to her legal guardian, whose I had. What is happening? How did that? Whose identity is not public. Um. So yeah, it's really great that she was found and she's back with her proper guardian. But like, oh my god. And that would be so hard for her and the guardian because she's probably been told for the last two years, like, we're your parents, mm-hmm. we're taking you, we're keeping you safe, and that's all she remembers because she was only four when she was taken. God. So this guardian is like actually her guardian and yeah. like looking out for her well being, and she probably is not getting that and wanting to go back to her parents. God, that's so scary. That's gonna mess kid up yeah like that's sad but yeah. i'm i mean i'm glad she was found safe yes but i hope she gets and therapy hopefully it happened at a young enough age that like you know she can get the therapy now mm-hmm. and it won't have any lasting effects because that's a traumatic situation yeah especially when she gets a little older and she can like if she does remember anything she can mm-hmm. understand it better yes because right now it's probably like super confusing and adults telling you one thing and then the other mm-hmm. thing and and i wonder yeah. if she's keeping that name because you know when you were younger you google yourself like all the time mm-hmm. she's gonna google herself and see all of these news articles if she isn't told about it before you know what yeah. i mean that's wild that is very wild well we're happy that she was found safely yeah and i hope that they find um harmony montgomery yes because it was a similar situation and actually i read the paisley story her mm-hmm. name's paisley right yeah. i read that story this morning when i was in bed and i was like wait is that the girl who was missing i thought she had a different name and i was like googling and i found Harmony Montgomery, who's still missing, but a very similar situation. What was hers, if you remember it? Hers was she was take she disappeared around age four, mm-hmm. and that was two years ago. Because I remember the name, but I can't remember the case. Yeah, so she disappeared at age four. It was two years ago. Her biological mom was using drugs at the time that she was taken, and she, when she got clean mm-hmm. and was like, "Where's Harmony?" and no one could tell her. So she reported it, and meanwhile, the child had been taken mm-hmm. from the home. So it was supposed to be in the foster care system, yeah. but the, it, it was a complete slip-up, and <gasps> they weren't tracking where she was. Oh, my God. Well, apparently, she was with the father, Oh, and he had been very abusive to her. Mm-hmm. He actually um, – beat her to where she was blind in one eye oh my god and so if you look at pictures of her one of her eyes is like cross-eyed what's her name again harmony montgomery so 
obviously, if she was last seen with him and it's been two years. I remember these pictures. Yeah. Yes, I remember these pictures. And they, like, Mm -hmm. looked all – I think it was his backyard. They dug it up and couldn't find her. So – I do – now that you're mentioning it, I do remember this story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's insane. So you're really similar. Yeah. But, yeah. Ugh. I know. Well – now on to talk about Marilyn. I know. Where did um the Harmony Montgomery stuff happen? Um, I want to say Rhode Island. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, Maryland, <laughs> nicknamed the Old Lion State and the Free State, joined the Union on April 28, 1788, and became the seventh state. Maryland got its name after Queen Henrietta Maria, who was the wife of King Charles I of England. So some weird laws. If you are swimming in the ocean, it is illegal to also be eating. If your sink is dirty and you live in Baltimore, it's illegal to wash or scrub that sink, no matter how dirty it is. What? Also in Baltimore, it is illegal to swear within the city limits. Oh, I, that is broken oh, every yeah. second in oh, that yeah. city. <laughs> Based on a law from the early 1900s, men are prohibited from going topless while walking on the boardwalk in Ocean City. What? Yeah. There's so many shirts off at Ocean City <laughs> on the boardwalk. <laughs> Yeah. So in the middle of our recording, <laughs> my husband called me to tell me that him and his friend broke down on the side of the road. So. So they're okay now. I asked if they needed me to come get them. And they said no. They so, just needed the little womanly push womanly in the direction of what to, to do. remind them that we have AAA. So. <laughs> get AAA, y'all. Okay. It's the best. I broke down the other month and it saved my life. Oh, yeah. I had a flat tire about a year ago couple days ago like a year back Mm -hmm. oh my god and yeah i called and i was like i know i haven't renewed this year i really need this they're like no problem it's just gonna be a quick renewal fee i was like i don't care what you have to do and they came and got me sponsor us (laughs) (laughs) all right um so back to maryland i bet you didn't know that maryland is obsessed with being known for crabs so much so that their state food is the blue crab Mm -hmm. they're also obsessed with their flag their flag is on glasses, shirts, sweatshirts, car stickers, bathing suits, phone cases, all over the place. And there's a crab on it, right? No. Okay. I, don't I think thought so. there was for some reason. I mean, they probably have put a crab on it for yeah. stickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a historic home in Baltimore was once the home to Edgar Allan Poe and is now a museum. It is said to be very haunted, even by Edgar Allan Poe himself. And every year on Poe's birthday of January 19th, 1809 – which was his birthday, a strange man who no one recognizes visits Poe's grave and leaves a bottle of whiskey and three roses on it. The Baltimore Ravens, the football team, are also named after Poe with the Ravens. Their mascot is unofficially named Poe. So the witch tree is located on Swamp Road in Wallyville, Whaleyville. It is a gnarled cypress tree. It is said to be home of weird happenings and a swamp monster. It is said that people see orbs and strange lights around the tree. Others have claimed to hear a woman screaming and crying near the tree. Vehicles have broken down near it, and naturally, there's no cell phone service. Visitors have been warned to not go here alone. So a couple years ago, when my mom and I went to the beach, we went to Ocean City, Mm -hmm. and it was raining. So we were like, what are we going to do when it's raining? So we were like, let's go look at haunted places. So I found the witch tree. And so we were driving there, and we were on like a normal, like, asphalt road and then you pull off onto a gravel road and we're like okay no problem and then you have to pull off why am i talking so weird then you have to pull off onto like a sand road you're talking like maryland people stop that's how they talk no they don't (laughs) (laughs) sorry um but so we had to pull off onto a sand road and it's like raining and my mom and i looked at each other and i was like let's not do this. This does not seem yeah. like a good idea. And then after reading that Cars Breakdown, I was like, good thing we did not go to this For random witch real. tree. Ugh. 
So the first Ouija board was made in Baltimore in an apartment that has since become a 7-Eleven. It got its name when the inventors Helen Peter and Elijah Bond asked the board what it wanted to be named. Bond even has a board engraved on the back of his gravestone. And Maryland has three known serial killers. So, Nora, what are you telling us about Maryland today? So, I am covering the Jericho Covered Bridge. Oh. And it actually is similar to the tree you mentioned. Oh. Like, the things that happened. Yeah. But the Jericho Covered Bridge is located in Baltimore, Maryland, Mm. in the county, not the city. Oh. Um, Oh. So, Baltimore County is massive. Um, there's a lot of different areas of it, and then the cities, you know, within that. Yeah. But yeah, it's located in the in the county of Baltimore. So when I first saw this bridge, I was like looking up different places mm-hmm. for my Maryland story, and it was so it came up on like a lot of websites, but it was so underwhelming on the outside. <laughs> but you can't always judge a book by its cover. You cannot. No. So to help you picture the bridge and why I was like, why is this showing up everywhere? It's a brown wood covered bridge that almost looks like a freight container. Okay. It's like a rectangle shape and covered on all sides. Um, It looks kind of old. Mm -hmm. It's not like necessarily attractive looking. (laughs) Um, It's 88 feet long and 14.7 feet wide. Hmm. The bridge was constructed in 1865. And one man in particular, David Lee II, advocated very strongly for the bridge. Mm -hmm. So David was one of the mill owners in Jericho and also in a nearby community called Jerusalem. So the two communities were right by each other and he owned mills throughout that area. He was considered to be the overseer of the roads in the area and lobbied for a bridge to connect the cotton mills of Jericho with the flour mills and blacksmith shops in Jerusalem. His father, Ralph Sackett had successfully advocated for shops in Jerusalem. Or sorry, had successfully advocated for covered bridges thirty years <laughs> <laughs> covered bridges thirty years earlier when connecting Baltimore and Hartford counties. So obviously, David was like, "This whole advocating for bridge things mm-hmm. runs in my blood, so I'm gonna do it too." And like his father, David got just what he wanted. So Thomas Forsyth, who was a Baltimore mechanic machinist completed construction of the Jericho covered bridge in December of 1865 at a cost of $3,125, which is worth about $50,000 today. I mean, that doesn't sound horrible. It's not awful. It's, I mean, it's, it it was just a necessary to connect the two towns for business purposes. It's not like anything massive. Yeah. Um, But the bridge was created to hold horse-drawn carriages, soldiers, And people traveling on foot, farm equipment, and similar things, but definitely not cars. Yeah, nothing super heavy. Yeah. So needless to say, the bridge has undergone several renovations, including adding steel beams to the bottom because the bridge was not up to code. Yeah. There was no code. Yeah. (laughs) So they had to do that. Not up to code. There was no code. (laughs) Despite the renovations, the Jericho Covered Bridge is the oldest covered bridge in the Baltimore County area. That's cool. Yeah, so although the bridge might sound, you know, be kind of basic, boring, it actually has a lot of creepy and disturbing stories around it. Mm. One super common myth is that there's silhouettes of bodies hanging off the rafters of the bridge. Ew. Yeah, and some people believe that they're ghosts of captured Civil War soldiers because the war ended literally the year before the bridge was built. Mm. There's another myth that these bodies are teenager teenage lovers who made a okay this is really sad yeah. who made a suicide pact and hung themselves on the bridge. Ugh. Yeah. 
Is that what the silhouettes are from, they think? They think that might be. They're, these are like one of the myths of mm-hmm. how they what the silhouettes are from. Yeah. But I think that one was definitely created by teenagers because there was a lot of teenagers visiting the bridge at night. Yeah. So um, others claim – this one's really, really sad. Others claim that they're the spirits of lynched, enslaved African-Americans who managed to escape their captors but were later caught. Mm. Which is, like, very eerily specific and very sick. And, yeah. And I mean, because stuff like that did happen. Exactly. Um, So – And we were technically – where does Mason-Dixon line go? So that's what I was looking at. Yeah. I was like, how is Maryland part of the Confederate area? So I looked it up. Oh. So slavery was legal throughout Maryland until the war ended in 1864. So even though it was considered a Union state and like Mm -hmm. the North, there was still slavery there, which is just really – I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, because Um, we don't really learn this We don't learn that. I mean, you hear the South and the North. You don't actually hear like the reality of how – those aren't harsh lines. Like it's still trickled into the North very badly. So by the time slavery became illegal, most African Americans in Baltimore were free and often worked alongside white alongside white laborers. It was the largest free black community of any American city at the time. Oh. And since there's still a large community of like African American people there, so that just goes to show that there was slavery in Maryland and mm-hmm. in I mean Virginia obviously, yeah. but yeah, it's just it's really sad. So that said, despite Maryland being considered a union state, there were slaves there. Mm-hmm. It's said that if you stop your car on the bridge at night, turn off your lights, honk your horn, and look in the rearview mirror, you can see the silhouette of a swinging body. No. Yeah. I will not absolutely not do that. I do not like it. Because, like, are you ever driving at night and you always look in your rearview mirror because you get freaked out? Or is mm. it just me? I'll be driving at night and I like glance into my rear view mirror because I'm mm. always scared I'm going to like see a face or something. So doing something where you have to specifically look at it to see something scary yeah. behind you is not something I'm going to do. Yeah, I agree. Especially at night. Yeah, no. <laughs> Many late night drives. <laughs> reminded me of SpongeBob when he's working the night shift and he does everything like taking out the trash at night. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you want to hear the grossest thing ever? Yeah. Okay, let me remember this the right way. Okay, 1980 and 2021 is the same as 1980 and 1939. What the heck? Isn't that disgusting? Yeah. Yeah. 41 years difference. I looked at that today and it made me really sad. Oh my God. And now also everyone on their license, if you have a one as the starting for the year of your date of birth, everyone can buy alcohol who was born in the 1900s. Uh, because now even people born in 2000 are old enough to buy alcohol. Wow. Gross. (laughs) I hate it. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So you just have to look to see if it's a two. So <laughs> yeah, you won't pretty serve much. Them. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easier, but it does, but it just makes me feel really old. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, we were born in the late 1900s. It's when so you think weird. 30 years ago, do you think 1970? Yes. <laughs> That's what I do. I think a really long time ago. But it was actually 1990. I know. Or when I hear people born like in like the eighties, I'm like, oh, they're older. Oh wait, they're not. That yes. Old. Yeah. It's I so feel weird. the same way. Many late night drivers have also reported cars stalling on the bridge. No, I don't like that either. <laughs> like Joe and Chris's car. I know. <laughs> Some have spotted powdery handprints appearing on their vehicles after crossing the bridge. Uh-huh. Imagine getting to your destination. No. 
And in my case, it would probably be Starbucks. Getting out of your car and seeing powdery handprints. Yeah, I don't like that. Others have seen a ghostly woman crossing the bridge with a basket of fresh flowers or the spirit of a young woman with a burned face. Mm. (sighs) Like, those are two opposites. So I don't know how those two got created, those myths. Well, did they say that they were connecting, like, coal to the flower place? Yeah. Because maybe she got burned from the coal? Mines. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Hmm. (laughs) Good point. Thank you. Anytime. Like we've said before, Roy never drinks his water when we're not (laughs) recording. But the moment we record, he's like, has to drink (laughs) so much water. So on top of all the ghost tales, there's also myths of strange and horrific creatures lurking around the bridge. Of course there are. Yeah. One creature is described as a gray, hairy monster with a massive tail, and it's really scary looking. (laughs) So, yeah. There's also been reports of a hideous red-eyed demon guarding the bridge. Yeah. The presence of these creatures might explain the blood-curdling screams heard often near the bridge. No! There's also rumors that an old hermit lived in the area under the bridge in the 70s and 1970s, and he would (laughs) kidnap and eat hikers. Gross. So this is a super common myth, but there's no proof or backbone to yeah. this claim. Um, and zero police information can be found. And like, if they're missing hikers, they're totally would be. Yeah, Especially exactly. in the 70s. And you know what that myth reminds me of? What? You know, Do you remember Three Billy Goats Gruff? The oh nursery tale of like guarding the bridge. Yes. I was doing my notes on this and I was like, why is that familiar? Oh my gosh. I haven't thought of that nursery yeah. rhyme like obviously forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Nostalgia. (laughs) I know. This part is not nostalgic. There's one story where a baby was thrown off the bridge by its mother. Oh. This is really sad. (laughs) That is really sad. I wrote that while I was doing the notes. (laughs) This is really sad. (laughs) Some say the mother threw the baby off the bridge, drowning it in the river below, and then hung herself on the Mm. bridge, which kind of like describes the hanging Mm -hmm. silhouettes. Yeah. People claim that you can hear the mother singing a lullaby to Mm. her children, to her child. One person on a message board claims that they were near the bridge one night and heard heard a faint melody in the distance. See, I don't know why, but that's more terrifying than anything else. Yeah. Because it's like, am I going crazy? No, like that's really happening. And just like melodies and stuff like that can sound so haunting. Yeah. And that's all I can picture. Yeah. And the person said, I could hear it clear as day, except I was still never able to make out the words. My impression was that it sounded just like a lullaby. The tune seemed so familiar, but I was never able to quite place it. I don't like that. I do not like it. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. The other day I took Roy out at night, and there's like this little field by our house. Did I already tell you this? Mm -mm. There's this little field by our house, and I took him there, and it was nighttime. And I hear off in the distance, it sounded like a woman screaming, but not like a scream, like as if she were yelling something. And it went on a little bit, but I couldn't make out what the words were. It just sounded like she was yelling at someone or something. And I, it sounded like it happened three times. And I looked at Roy. I said, absolutely not. Was it and a fox? No, it was like my, – my aunt said that too. No, it was like words, but I couldn't oh. hear what the words were. So it was like a woman yelling words at someone, but I didn't know where it was from, and I couldn't make out the words. And so I just looked at Roy. I was like, nope, and we oh. booked it back inside. It was creepy. Mm. Yeah, I'm not you made a it back. fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> so just like with the Bunny Man Bridge in Virginia, if you know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> many teenage dri- teenagers will drive out to this bridge each night looking to be scared and hoping for a good story to tell so that they can pass on the legend. Yeah. 
one group called Three Notch Paranormal Investigations, and they are actually from the Baltimore area. Oh, I nice. went on their website and stuff. Yeah. Um, it said that they said that around the area of the bridge, drownings and bike biking accidents are a common occurrence. In 2000, a four-year-old boy drowned not too far from the bridge. Aww. So did a grown man just a few years ago in 2018. I couldn't find the year, but recently a, a bicyclist was struck and killed by a vehicle near the bridge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So best to just avoid this entire area. I know. And – to be clear, these drownings didn't happen like under the bridge. Mm -hmm. They were um it's it was just in the water nearby, but, yeah, still, but still too close for comfort. In the vicinity of it. Yeah. The group wanted to check out the bridge for themselves because they too had heard the same scary occurrences that I shared. Mm -hmm. They visited the bridge on a sunny day in 2021. Oh. And they knew they probably wouldn't get much evidence in the middle of the day. So, like true paranormal investigators, they waited until night to see what was up. But it ended up being that they found scary stuff during the day oh. later on. Um, so the spirits were out to play while they visited. Ew. The group's SLS video camera, which side note, an SLS camera is a frequently used ghost hunting tool because it has a structured light sensor, which mm. is what SLS is, mm -hmm. and it can sense the presence of other beings. Interesting. Yeah. So um, their SLS camera caught an image of a larger being climbing the interior wall of the bridge. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. They connected it to the story of the lovesick teenagers climbing the rafters. <gasps> oh, my God. Because, yeah, it was very, very scary. Oh, I don't like that. It was just one, but it was still similar to the story of yeah. the teenagers. Um, so it captured the movement of whatever it was, and it almost looked like an inchworm going up the wall, but it was the shape of a human body. I don't mm – -mm. Oh, by the way, I saw a video of this. Oh, my God. Is it terrifying? They filmed it. It was so creepy. Oh, my God. We'll watch while we eat our yes. food. <laughs> so that wasn't the end, though. In the next frame, there's what appears to be a second figure joining the first. <gasps> oh, my The gosh. second one is much smaller, which they I think might be the female. Yeah. Oh, it's giving me goosebumps. Yeah. It appears to be climbing the interior wall of the bridge, just like the first one. So are they soldiers, slaves, or the two teenage lovers? Who knows? But I saw the video, and it was moving around, and Ew. the light was picking it up. Oh, my God. I don't yeah. like that at all. I really need to watch this. Yeah. I'll show it to you. Okay. So shortly after they, this sighting on the SLS camera, a few locals approached the group. And when I first read this, I was like, oh, no, they're going to be like, get off our bridge. Yeah. Um, but that did not happen. Instead, the, as the locals approached, the ghostly images on the SLS went away. That's wild. Yeah. The woman who was filming said that the energy on the Jericho-covered bridge is intense and I think the woman who was filming is, like, one one of the two women who runs this paranormal, like, it's, like, a legit company, I think. Yeah. Um. So one of the women was there and then brought her daughter. Oh, very so, cool. So, yeah, I was like, what an awesome duo. Yeah. Um. Her daughter was able to feel the energy through the videos. Oh, did you feel anything? I didn't, but I felt scared seeing yeah. it because of, like, the stories that kind of connected to what I was seeing. Yeah. Knowing the stories, exactly. Too. The locals said that the energy was chaotic and agreed with the duo that the water below the bridge may act as a conduit of spiritual frequencies. Oh, the mother-daughter duo also felt that there was some sort of elemental guardian near the bridge, and later, after finding the story of an animal being that frequents the bridge, 
They were convinced that there may be more than just soldier spirits there. Ew. And that's the story of the Jericho Covered Bridge. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Look up three notch paranormal investigations and type in like Jericho Covered Bridge and it'll pull up their story, like their blog post and the video. And it's so cool. You have to remember to show me after. I will. Because we always forget to show each other things after. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy. So you're doing a cryptid today. I am. So we haven't talked about a cryptid in cryptid in quite a while, but I guess minus the one to go. But other than that, we haven't talked about one in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Mm. 40 miles of the Appalachian Trail pass through Maryland. And this portion of the trail is home to four distinct cryptids. Those four would be Bigfoot, our bipedal hairy beast cryptid that I'm sure everyone is very familiar with, (laughs) the Snarly Yow, which is a large black ghost-like dog who has a red mouth and large fangs. It also howls like a werewolf. It mainly just chases cars and scares hikers. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> nope. The Snallygaster. This is a large part reptile, part bird, blood-sucking creature. Who pluck- The name is disgusting. <laughs> right. Um, it plucks its victims from the ground to devour. Its scream and shriek may be the last thing its victims ever hear. Mm. Then we have the Dwayo, or the Dwayo, or the Dwayo. I'm just going to call it the Dwayo. Do it. Or the Dogman of Maryland, which is what we're going to talk about today. So this creature has been primarily sighted in Middleton, Maryland, but other reports have it coming out of Wolfsville, Maryland, which is very mm. fitting because you will see why. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the description. So it's usually described as being between six and nine feet tall. It's hairy with bristly fur and a bushy tail that resembles a wolf in that regard. But it stands on its hind legs with the arms, stance, and structure of a man. It also has large fangs. Others who have seen it described that its head was large and looked like the head of a wolf. Its whole body is covered in fur that is brown or brindle colored with the lower half of the body covered in a fur that may be in a striped pattern. Its forelegs or arm-like appendages were slimmer, but its back legs or leg-like appendages were thick and muscular. It has been compared to that of a muscular kangaroo. (laughs) That's what I pictured. Right? I don't But then you said like the human arms, so I was like, maybe... So not the kangaroo arms, yeah. human arms. <laughs> so it uses its these forelegs as arms. So this creature is also known for the scream it makes, which is a bone-chilling distinct scream. Is that the scream you heard the other day with Roy? Stop. <laughs> We're not in Maryland, so no. <laughs> True. In this area where the creature has been seen, chickens and cattle have been found dead. Dogs won't hunt the creature either. They run and hide if, it's, if they sense its presence. But funny enough, cats have been known to be fine with the creature. So it's been said that cats are wild. Well, they're I'm sorry, they're demons. Yeah, and they they don't care, <laughs> right? So it's been said that some cats have even traveled or traveled around with groups of the Dwayos. So apparently, the Dwayo is the mortal enemy of the Snallygaster, that reptile thing I mentioned. Mm. So a potential origin story: the Pennsylvania Dutch settlers settled in Carroll, Frederick, and Washington counties in the 18th century. After Amish. They're okay. Amish. Oh, right? the Dutch. Yeah, yeah, I guess. After settling in, stories of the Hexenwolf started to circulate. The description of that creature was, quote, a mammalian biped with features similar to a wolf, but the stance and stature of a human. The settlers were worried that, being part wolf, this creature would come after their livestock, and with livestock being the settlers' main form of food and revenue, they knew they had to do something to protect their animals. These settlers and farmers started to put up a talisman that was known to protect against baneful spirits and dark energies. This symbol talisman was the decorative five-pointed barn star that are actually pretty common to see. Have you seen those before? Mm-mm. If you look up a picture, it's like the 
like metal stars that people have on barns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was used to protect against these hexenwolves. What? These stars were used particularly to, particularly to protect against the hexenwolf and the snallygaster. I don't think that the people buying those stars at Hobby Lobby know that Nowadays, that's what it's for. Right? <laughs> Look at this beautiful star. <laughs> so rustic farmhouse. <laughs> So students at the University of Maryland decided to look into the origin of the Dueo as well. They were able to trace its origins and ancestry back to Dewey, which is an animal that inhabited the left bank of the upper Amazon River, and the Yo, which apparently immigrated from the Yangtze River Plateau. Yo. Sorry. <laughs> it did so via the Glacier Bridge, which had once connected Alaska and China, apparently. Mm. The first mention of this creature, in a literal sense, called it a Dueo. It has a really long name, and I wasn't going to try to pronounce it, but I'm going to do, do it. it, so I apologize. <clears throat> Dueo sapien therapsidia australopithecus rexus. Yeah. Huh. Nailed it. So this mention comes from the sighting that occurred in West Middleton, Frederick County in 1944. Witnesses and residents said that they heard the frightful scream that it makes and even saw footprints that helped them prove their sighting. I don't understand how footprints prove a sighting, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> but not much came of this until another sighting and report came forward. A man who went by the alias John Becker also had an encounter with this creature, and his story was published in the Frederick News Post on November 27, 1965. He lived on the outskirts of Gambrel State Park. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -mm. I haven't either, neither has Joe. But he heard a strange noise outside and went to investigate. As he stepped outside, he saw something coming at him. He said it was as big as a bear, but it had a long, bushy tail and was growling like an angry wolf or dog. Ew. I know. The creature then stood up on its hind legs and attacked Becker. He was able to fight the creature off, who ran and disappeared into the woods. After the attack, Becker called the state police and filed a report about the creature he encountered called a Dueo, but he did so under the alias of John Becker. Mm -hmm. When news first came out about this encounter, there was much skepticism around it, obviously, because apparently some police did go to the property where Becker apparently lived. They found nothing there, not even the rural road that he claimed he lived off of. This fact led many to believe that it was just an elaborate prank or hoax of some sort. But nonetheless, after this article came out, Frederick News Post reporter George May wrote some articles about the creature, and soon many local newspapers were reporting on the story and posting articles about the creature as well. So the Frederick County Treasurer's Office actually received an application from a John Becker who wanted a Dueo license. His application <laughs> came with a $1 fee. So this John Becker was issued the license, which was issued and mailed by George May. More sightings and encounters continued to be published in the newspaper, which sparked the newspaper to receive many calls and letters about the articles. These calls and letters ranged from absurd to furious. One of those furious letters came from a woman who lived in Adamstown. I'm sure her name was Karen. Yeah. She insisted, <laughs> she insisted that, quote, this trash about the Dueo be stopped. She said her daughter was being treated for a nervous condition because of all this talk about the Dueo. Oh, my goodness. Woman. Woman. Nora dressed up as a Karen for Halloween, and it sure was did. amazing. It uh, was so funny. I'll have to post a picture sometime. You have to. It was incredible. <laughs> Uh, so, other sightings. This wasn't the only time this creature has been seen on the outskirts of Gramble State Park. In the summer of 1966, a man who goes by the name of Jim A. encountered the Dueo while he was heading back to his campsite. He described it in a similar way that others have, with walking on two legs, having shaggy brown fur or hair, roughly the size of a deer, a triangle-shaped head with pointed ears and chin. He said that when he neared the creature, it let out, it let out a horrid scream and backed away. Jim said this as it walked away, quote, its legs stuck out from the side of the trunk of the body, making its movements appear almost spider-like as it backed Ew. away. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. 
In the fall of 1976, two men driving down Route 77 in Frederick County near Thurmount between Cunningham Falls State Park and Catoctin Mountain National Park saw the animal. It ran in front of their car, and they provided the exact same description that many others have provided about the creature they saw. They said the creature was, quote, at least six feet tall but inclined forward since it was moving quickly. Its head was fairly large and similar to the profile of a wolf. The body was covered in brown or brindled color fur, but the lower half had a striped pattern of noticeable darker and lighter banding. The forearms or legs were slimmer and held out in front of it as it moved. Its back legs were very muscled muscled and thick, similar to perhaps a kangaroo. Mm -hmm. This was not a hominoid-type creature, but it did have the distinctions of an ape. It was much more similar to a wolf or ferocious dog. However, it was definitely moving upright and appeared to be adapted for that type of mobility. I was particularly impressed by the size and strength of the back legs, the stripes on the lower half of the body, and the canine wolf-like head. Ugh, this is way too close for comfort, too. Right? This is only, like, 45 minutes away. Yeah, I know. In 1978, two park rangers who were near Cunningham Falls area encountered a large, hairy creature running on two legs. Another woman in the summer of 2009 was driving on Coxie Brown Road near Myersville. She was also on the outer edge of Gramble State Park. (laughs) She said that as she was driving, she started to feel really nervous and very uneasy. She said it felt like something was watching her and following her. The feeling continued to intensify as she kept driving. She started to scan the trees, and that is when she noticed the creature. It was moving through the trees, just a shadow, appearing and disappearing as it ran behind them. It was keeping pace with her car. She slowed her car to a crawl as the creature emerged from the woods. The woman said that the fangs are something she will never forget. She said the creature's eyes were also entirely black, and she felt as if she was, quote, staring death and hell head-on in dizzying madness. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. I don't like it. So as she was sort of transfixed on this creature, it leapt out at her car with its claws extended. This snapped the woman out of her gaze, and she floored it and sped away from the creature. At first, the woman thought she had just encountered a werewolf, which I don't know why... Yeah. Whatever. But after digging into it more and more, she realized that she had just encountered the Duego. Several hunters, farmers, and even park rangers have reported seeing the creature in the mountains. A woman from Ellerton said that her and several residents have heard something cry like a baby and scream like a woman for several months, which could be the fox, because yeah. foxes do sound like they're women screaming. Yeah. But um, another woman from Jefferson said that she saw a strange animal that was dog-shaped and about the size of a calf chasing the cows in a farm near her house. Another sighting occurred between 1960 and 1963. The person who experienced this sighting actually went on to join the Central Pennsylvania Bipedal Canine Investigation Team. (laughs) The person never made an official report when it happened, as they were only 8 or 11 at the time, but they are accounting it now. So their story goes... The person was spending the summer with their, with his grandma, who lived in Middleton, Maryland, in Frederick County, off of Shank Road. It is important to note that his grandma had an outhouse. Usually he, the author, would have to wake up his grandma for her to take him out to the outhouse, but he felt bad each time he had to do this, so he just grabbed a flashlight as there were no outdoor lights and proceeded outside by Yeah, girl, boy. <laughs> well, he's like 8 or 11. I know, I know. <laughs> the author remembers walking to the outhouse and noticing the normal outdoor noises weren't happening. So oh, no crickets chirping, no, no noise at all. Which we have mentioned. Too quiet is, is like... Uh-huh. Ugh. That's when things happen. Yes. He then said that he started to feel like he was being watched. He started to get scared, so he decided to run back to the house. But being a kid, he got tired and had to walk the last couple hundred yards back to the house. Or the last couple hundred feet to get back inside. I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Then he had a feeling that something was telling him to look back behind him. He did, and this is what he saw. An animal stepped through the backyard only 10 feet past the outhouse. It was an upright furry creature with a dog wolf head. They compared the ears and snout to look almost identical to that of a German shepherd. It had claw-like hands that hung down in front of it, and it had reflective yellow eyes. 
The two looked at each other until the creature on two legs walked away from the author disappearing back into the woods. This is giving me vibes of that movie. What's that movie with, um, it was like A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. With the creatures? Yeah. And like how it, like parts of it took place in the yard and like oh, that yeah. whole thing. I don't know. I'm like picturing that movie. And That's like the silent, movie. the silence. I saw that in theaters before COVID and it was the most quiet I have ever been in a theater in my entire life i know same like people were scared to move in their chair i know people, no one ate it was the coolest yeah. experience i felt like you felt like you could hear your breath yes yeah and then so joe and i went to go see the second one in theaters which came out during covid but we're the only two in the entire theater and oh, it was so creepy that's scary i need to watch the second one it's good yeah it's good um, so clearly this creature has been seen often around Maryland, but it seems like it appears the most on the outskirts of Gramble State Park. And for those not in Maryland, the state park is located on Catoctin Mountain in Frederick County, only about 51 miles or 82 kilometers northwest of Washington, D.C., 53 miles or 85 kilometers west of Baltimore, and 6 miles or 10 kilometers away from Frederick. So thoughts of what this could be. Many believe it is something similar to a hexen wolf, like I briefly mentioned earlier. What is a hexen wolf, you may ask? Well, hex is like six sides, right? Hexagon. Uh huh. I'm trying. I'm doing some Latin breakdown of the word. It's not going to help you with this okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll explain it to you. So a hexen wolf is one form of lupintheriomorph, mm. which is a sort of shapeshifter who can go between a human and wolf-like form. These hexen wolves are people who can transform or who have been transformed into a wolf-like beast. They are able to do this through the use of a magical talisman that has been provided to them by another being. So hexen wolves differ from werewolves because they can't transform through their own magic abilities, but rather through someone else's. So this magical talisman can only transform the person when it is put on and then activated by certain magic words. They will instantly transform the wearer into the wolf-like creature. The talisman is usually a piece of jewelry like a ring or amulet or a wolf hide belt. The first person to acquire this talisman usually receives it by making a deal with a powerful sorcerer, demon, or the devil. Making a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. So the person wears the talisman, says the magic words, then is physically transformed to this wolf-like creature. But at the same time, the talisman provides them a sort of anchor for a spirit of bestial rage mm. from the never-never. That protection is wrapped around the person's personality. So the never-never is a magical realm. Mm. It is a supernatural realm that is separate from the normal world we are currently in. This world is said to exist alongside our own, so you can think of it as a sort of alternate dimension. But it's much larger than our world. Some believes that it may be infinite. So the spirit that acts as the anchor provides an insulation that keeps the person's spirit safe and keeps it from being destroyed as they're in the wolf-like form. But over time, and the more and more that the talisman is used, the person's spirit will start to erode and be destroyed. Also, because of this protection, the human's intelligence and reason remains with them, but at the same time, they lose their human inhibitions. This means that they may act out on their desires, conscious or unconscious ones, without doubt. Without doubts. So this spirit also isn't the best. It will sometimes try to influence the person that it's protecting mm -hmm. to suppress their subconscious and even start to control them. So the use of the talisman and the transformation soon becomes addictive. So the person does do it more and then soon has no control. So the hexanals are also nocturnal animals, which means they tend to hunt and come out at night while they sleep during the day. For humans, coming upon one can be dangerous. Even if you aren't physically harmed while one is hunting, hexanals are said to be able to exert a dark force upon you. This leaves a sort of blemish on you and plagues you with bad luck. 
So basically you're screwed if you come across one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So throughout history, Hexenwolves have been strongly opposed by religion. The Christian church was so against these that many were burned at the stake for being one or people who were believed to be one. Mm-hmm. Also, the White Council – I went into a lot of weird stuff when I was doing this <laughs> <laughs> Also, the White Council, which is a worldwide organization of human wizards, actually forbids the transformation that takes place, stating that it has harmful effects. So much so that participating in these transformations is illegal under the second law of magic, mm. which states that, quote, thou shall not transform others. Uh, so this rule, <laughs> this rule, <laughs> this rule forbids shapeshifting, essentially what is happening with hexen wolves. Many others believe this creature to be a werewolf. So I'll briefly tell you what a werewolf is. Ooh, it sounds like a werewolf. Yeah. So a werewolf is someone who can transform into a wolf through magic, their own magic. So it's also that form of lupin theramorph and is usually referred to as classic werewolf. There are two ways to become a werewolf, through either your own magic or the magic of someone else. So they may use magic to transform themselves into a wolf and then back again into human form, but it takes a lot of strength to be able to go back and forth continuously. According to to the Dresden Files fandom, mm-hmm. the transformation changes the physical body, but the person's mind remains, while other beliefs say that the mind changes as well. Okay. Yesterday was a full moon. You kept talking about that. Yes. I, because I was driving home from the grocery store and I look into the sky and it's literally the biggest moon ever. And I was like, maybe it's a full moon or maybe it's like the thing, clo- whatever's closest yeah. to it. And I looked it up and it was a full moon. Mm, wild that we're <laughs> talking about the full moon. And werewolves. <laughs> I do bring that up. So. <laughs> so according to the Dresden Vile fandoms, like I said, the transformation, some people believe your mind remains and others believe that your mind changes as well. The person who transformed though will not have the instincts and reflexes that a wolf naturally has. So they first need to adjust to this new form. Transmogrification is when someone uses their magic to turn someone else into a wolf. It is also illegal under the second law of magic. When someone uses their magic to turn someone into a wolf, that transformed person's personality is destroyed and their mind is wiped. It is considered to be very close to murder. Some people are able to keep their minds, memories, and personalities for a while, even for a couple years, but over time, it slowly slips away and soon is completely gone, leaving only a wolf. A clean slate. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) There is also the way where a werewolf transforms because of the full moon! They are given their powers by the moon. So these moon powers show in the form of heightened aggression and bloodlust, and the person even seems to lose themselves unless they learn how to control this power. They also have heightened abilities, such as super senses of sight, smell, and hearing. So sometimes a person may be changed into one by someone else. They may choose to change themselves, or the moon may assist in that transformation. And sometimes this transformation is used as a punishment, with the transformation being semi-permanent. The person transformed into a werewolf may remain in this state for seven to nine years. (gasps) That's sick. Yeah, that's sick. So no one knows if this man-wolf, this wolf-man, is a werewolf, a hexen-wolf, or something else completely. But we do know that if you are hiking in the backwoods of Maryland, you may run into something terrifying. (laughs) So that is the freaking Dwayo thing in Maryland. I think it's a werewolf. I have no idea what it could be. It could be a werewolf. Yeah. It just seems so freaking creepy. I know. I just hate that, like, if it doesn't hurt you physically, it could, like, completely You're just gonna destroy get you. Forever. Yeah. I'm like, no. No, thank you. So just, like, don't hike. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, like, don't leave your house. Yeah, no. just stay home. That's fine. Ugh. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks. Make sure to email us your scary stories. Please. At a scary state podcast at gmail.com. Go on to Apple Podcast, iTunes, rate and review us. Go on Spotify and give us a five-star rating. We would really love it. Yes. 
um yeah you have to listen to like i think one episode or two episodes before you can rate on spotify oh. so yeah i found that out oh that's because i tried to rate a podcast that was really good and i had only listened to one episode and it said you have to listen to a few more wow so just like listen to us tell your friends to listen yeah to us, exactly rate us. i know <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much for listening stay scary stay safe